Hey guys, welcome to Reluctantly Graceful, the podcast where we're going to be talking about everything and nothing and finding the truth in between. Um, so we got me as Brittany. Hello. Hi. I got to figure out a way to not be so awkward when I say that part. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can introduce yourself. I'm sorry. Hey y'all, it's Steph. <laughs> She's always consistent. <laughs> I always hear it in my head and I'm like, this does not sound the way that I want it to sound. And how do we fix that? But okay, go ahead. All right. So I, sh- I don't know why I just said go ahead because I'm the one that's kicking off our yeah you our are episode this time. Um, <laughs> so we're we're just all I'm all discombobulated at the moment. Say say all the things, talk all the talk. All right, so we're talking. All, Let's have all the conversations. We're having all the things. We're talking about all the things. So we are um, talking about today family. The holidays are coming up. Um, and because the holidays are coming up, it, we know that it brings up certain feelings and angst about having to see that one relative that drives you up the wall. Or you could be in the category of people that are thinking, I don't even know that I want to go spend time with my family. So we're going to talk about that topic today on this episode. Or you could be in the mindset of, I love my family. That's true. There's always that option. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's true. No, that's so true. <laughs> so negative. I'm not... I feel as though, for the people that love their family... You know, there's two <laughs> options. You, there's either the one crazy one, or you just hate everybody and want to drop a bomb. Watch the world burn. No, I think... Okay. There are three options. There are more than three options, but there are three options. I think the only reason I said two was because of the fact that for the people who love their families, it may be a no-brainer as obviously I'm going to go spend the holidays with them. So what's, I don't even know why this is an episode. Like, do people not love their families? Like that could just be a thought process. That was only the reason why I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. No, it's not flying as an excuse. I just think it's funny. Like that, that's how you decided to start off, but it's, it's all good. Listen, we know. Welcome to our life. I'm here to bully you a little bit. That's all. Man, you and my therapist, but that's okay. I pay my therapist to bully me. That's, that's. Anyway. Yeah, Fran, Fran needs to up her charge. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, if you listen to this. Fran's my mother. She's not my therapist. I have an actual therapist. It's time for a cost of living increase. I have, a, I have an actual therapist who is not my mother. Um. <laughs> My mom and I did hang out, though, yesterday. Both my parents and I hung out yesterday. It was my first day back into the wild after a 21-day quarantine because I got COVID. Um, And we just had a great time. My dad had a good time. I had a good time. And yes, for everyone who just made the face of 21 days. Yes. Why 21 days? 21 days. Because I had a liver transplant and I'm on immunosuppressants, COVID wiped out my immune system in general, right? It wipes out everybody's immune system. It wiped mine out even more. And I didn't have one to begin with. So I had to, when I was done COVID, after about a week, I had to rebuild my immune system so that when I stepped foot outside in the world, I didn't get sick all over again. So I spent 21 days in my house. And let me tell you, it was horrible. It was hard. It was this- it was horrible for Steph, only because <laughs> I called her 20 million times a day about the dumbest things. And Alex, I feel bad. She would FaceTime me and be like, I just wanted to tell you blah, 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 blah. Like literally 90 second FaceTimes. 
And for anyone who knows me, I know knows it drives me crazy. Pick up the phone <laughs> and have a real conversation with me. The fact if you're gonna call me, the fact that we are still friends <laughs> after my 21 day quarantine and we're recording a pod episode is a miracle and an act of Jesus. Um, because man, I was I was going crazy. It got to the point like the last week and a half where I was calling my mom every night and we were just having conversations. And she'd be like, Brittany, I don't have time to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I was, real quick, real quick. I was like, one more thing, mom, one more thing, one more thing. And then it was like, and then it got to the point where she was like, call me at this time tomorrow and we will talk. I will have an hour's worth of time. Only an hour? Only get an hour? And it was fine. I was going crazy. But yes, I had 21 days of quarantine, just got out of that, went out into the world yesterday. It's dangerous out there. I don't know how y'all been doing it. It's dangerous and janky. But um, had a good time with my family. It started getting me to think not everybody has the type of family where they get excited about holidays. I get excited. Accurate. I get excited about holidays and gatherings for like my immediate family. It's like my immediate family. I have an amazing surrogate aunt and uncle, um, my aunt Cynthia and my uncle Glenn. Like they're amazing in their families. Um, We were raised together. They're good, really good friends with my parents. And so all of us were raised together. They have two kids. We were all raised together. And so holidays and different things have a different meaning because of that. When it starts to kind of creep outside that a little bit, it gets a little, it gets a little touchy. It's a little tough. For me, it's a little tough. I haven't gone to a family gathering in years. I don't go to them in years. I don't go to them. She loves them, but she won't go to them. I will go to funerals to be respectful and say my goodbyes. Maybe the occasional wedding. If I get invited to a wedding, I will go. Aside from that, no. Now, I do have some family members that they're just the best of the best. Like my cousin David. Oh my gosh. I love David. I loved it. That's my guy. I love David. I have other family members and I love them too. I have an aunt that I love amazingly. But I don't. we don't get together with them for the holidays. But anyway... I think Steph's looking at me like I'm crazy, y'all. And I promise, <laughs> I went to therapy today, so I still could be crazy. The jury's still out, right? But I think families, what I have seen is that you have that guilt component of families. You don't know how much longer this relative has, and so you have to come to these events, right? Like that's, a, that's an element that plays in some families. Um, or you have to go this, you can't not go to this Thanksgiving. You can't not go to every single event because it could be so-and-so's last holiday and you don't want to regret not having sat around a table and stared at each other to eat mediocre food and have a less than stellar conversation, right? Like you want to have that memory. It's, it's challenging. I think COVID changed that too. I think COVID allowed, because people were so isolated for so long, people to really reevaluate, is it worth putting myself through the hassle and the stress just to make someone else happy, even though it causes me pain and uncomfortableness. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about families today. I'm not really sure. I was going to say, I know you have, you're looking at me like, I, I so. feel like you just spoke for like a whole like 10 minutes and there's just a lot to unpack. There. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack like it. You're, you're, you just have a very long intro. That was very, no, I agree. Um, that was very long, but let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. I also, I just, I find it interesting that your your like reasons, I guess, I don't know. I just like I mean, I would say most people on the outside say I have a great family. Mm-hmm. Like I should have rephrased. So like you already said it, so <laughs> it's fine. Let's keep moving. I okay, I love my family. 
a lot of people, I think, like there's this this idea of your family, your blood is your blood. Mm-hmm. And so it's like at the end of the day, the only thing you have is your blood. And that's what a lot of people will say mm-hmm. that have been burned by friends. Yes. Oh, yes. If you listen to people who, I don't know. I feel like in the situations I've seen in my life where people are like 100% family, all you have is family. It's because they've been burned by friends. They've been burned by spouses. They've been burned by like whoever is not a family. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they always come back to, well, your blood is your blood. And I think that it's like an old school way of thinking that your blood is your blood. So you have to stay in that spot because you're blood related to somebody. I think that's accurate. You've heard me say it. And my family has also heard me say it. I don't give a rip (laughs) what DNA we share, we don't share. (laughs) I don't care. If I decide that you are not healthy for me to be around, I will not be around you. It does not matter. I I don't care. It it doesn't matter to me. Um, And so that's just my take. But I understand that not everybody has that take. And I also understand that not everybody has had the liberty to be able to express that. My parents know exactly who in my family have, have offended me, like deeply offended me and said things to me that have just been very inappropriate and why I don't go to events. In fact, they will call me and say, we don't want you to feel left out, but so-and-so is having an event, we're going. And my res- initial response was, well, y'all want to tell me y'all didn't think I would want to go? And their response is, Brittany, you know who's going to be there. You know you don't want to go. And I'm like, no, no, you're right. You're right. I'm just saying, don't, don't make it seem like I'm not going because I'm antisocial. I'm not going because I know what's best for me. I don't need to be in a puddle and an emotional mess redoing all of the work that my therapist and I worked through to do just because I had an encounter with someone and they wanted to be specifically, like particularly spicy. I'm going to be spicy back. But I think that's like, I think there there's that line of that. Like, and I mean, you know my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I will always, like, I will always get angry, like, y'all. When I go home for more than like what three days at oh, a time, oh, it's bad, y'all. Four days at a time, I lose my mind, y'all. It goes from, and she tells me every single time when I tell you that I'm going home for like a week at a time. Don't tell me it's a bad idea me, and not go. Don't ever let me do and this I say, again. Okay, every time. And then what happens? Hey, I'm going home for two weeks for the holidays. No, we shouldn't do that. I think maybe like three days. Maybe a fourth day. It's the holidays. We might be able to squeeze out a five day, fifth day. After five days, I know that when Steph calls me, I just answer the phone and just go, all right, so who do we have to add to the list of people that we don't like now? Who, who, nah, who, who said something? It's who never did, been a whole two weeks. Who said something? <laughs> who did something? You know, just, and Steph, lo- she loves to. I want to let y'all know the menace that she can be sometimes, right? I think we just need to acknowledge that. (laughs) Steph loves to only give me soundbite clips of information. She knows that I am a hard... the time. She knows I am a hardcore protector. Like, my loyalty, I'm not going to say it's unmatched, but it's unmatched. 
I lied. I'm gonna say that it's unmatched. Okay, like it. I, my loyalty. <laughs> you already said that. Is it? It's there. Like once I decide that I am loyal to you, unless you do something to like make it damageable to the point of no repair and no return, yeah. you got me in your corner yeah. for life. And so she yeah. tells me these like soundbite clippings. Like she one time her sister, she was with her sister, and her sister was like, "Hey, Brittany, you seem pretty cool. Can we be friends?" No, thank you. We can't be friends. I'm sorry. I'm Steph's friend. And I how my friendship and loyalty works, I, I can't I can't be loyal to you and to her because at some point you're gonna say something about her or to her, and I'm just gonna wanna like yell at you. But then my loyalty to you is gonna interact with and it's just gonna like, be a bad situation for me internally. And then everybody's gonna be looking at me like I'm the one that's losing my mind. So she loves to just send me these messages and be like, so and so said this. And I'd be like, what? Excuse me. It's true. We it's gotta true. fight them. I, I'm coming to New York. <laughs> I got girls. You need somebody to show up. Like every single time. And then she'll give me the full context. And I'm like, Steph, with the whole context of the story, okay, take a breather. Go for a walk. You'll be fine. But she loves to just be like, da, da. She just sprinkles these things on. And my blood pressure shoots through the roof for like 20 minutes. And then she gives me clarity. And then I'm just like, okay, okay. All right. I'm tired now. I need a nap. Okay. But in my. I I 100% do that. In my defense, I do that with Brittany concerning everything. Oh, that's true. So, oh, that's, that's when I true. go to when I go to church, I will specifically take out mm. take comments from the sermon out of context and just send her that one sentence just to see her response. Because it's so funny and it's so great. And I know exactly at the end of the day, we're both going to laugh about it. That's true. Because That is true. Because I'm no, I always go to the churches where like these dudes just be like, I say dudes. Sometimes it's female. I was going to say. Too, um, but <laughs> can we add a little asterisk um, there? <laughs> where, where the people who are preaching... They just be wilding out and telling the craziest of stories or trying to like say something in the funniest way, like, because that's how, that's who I am. That's what I like. I love people who are just crazy and they have no filter. She does. And then they're like, oh crap, I have a microphone. I'm standing behind a pulpit. I probably shouldn't have said that right now. Like, that those are the kinds of people that I love to listen to because like that's how I am and I love people with no filters. And Steph knows that nothing makes me angrier than people who misquote God all the time. Nothing. 100% like, every day. There are like three things that make me the angriest. People who mistreat children and fail children. That that oh gosh, that sets me off. People who misquote scripture I'm like, I'm ready to fight. Like, not my God, not my Jesus. We not, we not saying he said that because he did not say that. And that's not what he meant. So <laughs> what book are you reading? Because it's not my book and it's not my Jesus. Like, that makes me so angry. And people who just mistreat people that are in my inner circle sets me off instantly. Sets me off instantly. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. So if you need somebody to come tell your mom that she's rude, sign me up. I'll do it. Listen, ma'am, it's true. you seem like so, a nice person. However, <laughs> you're rude. You got to stop it. You got to stop. You got to stop doing that. So when she says that, she's not kidding because I have told her, like, we've talked about what would happen if Brittany were to actually, like, meet my family. I don't, like, she met them. 
my freshman year of college when she was my RA and my parents came like a week and a half later after I had already mm-hmm. been there. I did. Um, <laughs> uh, but but there was no context. There was no life. There was no loyalty at that point. No, there was no so established like, relationship between you and I because at that time I still thought you hated me. It's true. So, it's fine. Um, it's okay. You still think that's on Oh, I do. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. 10 years later. So, I don't know, y'all. So now we're, like, looking at this, like, Brittany and I talk, like, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure, best friends. People will ask me what I'm doing for a holiday, and they're like, are you going home? Are you going to Brittany's? Like, what's the plan? What are you doing? Because it's just, it's automatic now that if I'm not going home to New York, it's very possible that I'm going up to PA or she's coming down here. It's just, that's where we're at in life. That's true. Like, without a doubt, if I had children, Brittany gets my kids when I die. Right now, I have a house, and, you know, a few of my friends have keys. And I've told them, like, hey, if I die by the time my parents find out, you got at least an eight-hour drive, which will be, like, ten hours because my dad will be coming. And he stops to pee, like, every half Listen, hour. I understand that journey, okay? It's uh, hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, y'all... Uh, my friends who have keys to my house know they get first dibs to take whatever they want from my house before my family shows up. Now, there are, there's a few things I'm like, all right, this goes to Brittany. This goes, like, even my friends here know that, like, Brittany got dibs. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and here's, here's the thing, though. And I think this is the beautiful thing about friendships and just relationships in general. That's how family should be. Family should be. Not necessarily talking every day, but like it should be just a known of, I know that this person is so important in your life that if anything were to happen to you, I know how to get in contact with them and tell them. When it comes to the holidays though, people get this like anxiety about, I have to face this person and they're going to ask me questions I don't want to answer. Then don't answer them. If you don't want to answer them, don't answer them. Look, as a 30-year-old single female... My extended family growing up thought that I was a lesbian. Okay. So it wasn't until the last few years. I think I went like Sorry, I should have snickered like that. <laughs> it's I'm just remembering the last few years. That's just a comment that I'm just going to roll over and not really. No, it's good. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep um, <laughs> going. But so my extended family, it's been a few years since I've seen them. I think I saw them this summer or last summer or something. For the first time in like five-ish years since I moved to Virginia. Uh, growing up, I typically only saw extended family on Christmas Day. So my family would, we would have our immediate family Christmas would be Christmas Eve morning. Mm-hmm. We would open all our gifts, do normal Christmas. We would have Christmas Eve services that night. And then after that, our close friends, like we had family friends, who lived close by, they would come to our house or we would go to their house and we would do Christmas with them. Okay. So, like, we would do, like, meatball subs. We would have food. Mm-hmm. And we would just have food after the service that and while we open gifts. Um, and then Christmas morning, it was like, all right, get in the car. We're going to Rochester, hitting up my, fam- my mom's fam- side of the family for like lunch in the afternoon-ish and then we would drive another like hour and a half to Buffalo 
to see my dad's side of the family. And then we would do the evening with them, spend the night, and normally head home the next day. Wow. So, like, it's the only time I saw my extended family growing up was for Christmas. That that plays into the part of me as an adult now and having a niece and nephews. And more and another nephew on the way. Yeah, babies. Um, I want to be more present than that in... Mm-hmm their lives Mm -hmm. so whatever i need to do to the family at at the family level to figure out that relationship thing i'm willing to figure out because i love my aunts and my uncles but i wish i would have seen more of them as a kid yeah like like for me to be on that side of it now i want to make sure that my niece and my nephews know 100 percent aunts aunt Pooh. they call me Aunt Pooh. You know, my family calls me Steffi Pooh, so the kids call me Aunt Pooh. Um, Thanks for the clarification. So I, I, I never I knew want them. where that came from until just now. You just always told me they called you that, and I was like, okay. But okay, thanks for the clarification. I feel like it, it's it's very possible I told you before and, you know, COVID brain. Nope, because um, I've, I've, I've always wondered, like, why do okay, they call her no, that? So, it's okay. Anyway. Look. Sorry. Ste- I will take I will take Ampoo's ni- as the nickname over all my childhood nicknames. Okay. Because y'all, family is brutal. No, <laughs> listen, family. I have been wounded more brutal. I've been wounded more by family than I have been people that I thought were friends that turned out not to be friends. Those people are savages. I mean, oh, hundred percent. The way there was, <laughs> I'll never forget this. My mom says now that I was I was wrong for this, but I was an adult, and so I stand on ten toes down that I was that I was not wrong for this situation. We were at a cookout. This was this was around the time that I was like, I'm going to go to occasional events, but not be at family events too often. And this was around that time. This was a, a, one of the main events that this put me at a point where I'm like, I'm not coming back. I will come to respectfully say my goodbyes. I will come visit the people that I genuinely care about individually and keep up with those relationships. But collectively, <laughs> y'all not seeing me no more. It was uh, my one of my cousin David. Love David, right? Like he's the icon. He's David. Like how could you? It, that's just my guy. Anyway, he was hosting a cookout. We went over to his house for a cookout. Um, there was an aunt that was there, and she just kept like poking at me. Um, I wasn't married at the time and they weren't privy to my personal life and the inner workings of what was happening in my life at that time in terms of just like, was I talking to someone? Was I dating somebody? Things of that nature. They just, they just weren't privy to that because they, like you, my family didn't, I didn't grow up with all of my family around me, which is why my aunt Cynthia and my uncle Glenn became like, their family became family. Like we would go on vacations together. We celebrate Christmas Eve together up until everybody got grown we would do like a happy birthday Jesus party where everybody would get together and we would like read the story of Jesus's birth. We would take communion. We would pray. We would sing worship songs. We would eat amazing food. We would even have a birthday cake that we would sing happy birthday to Jesus. And whoever the youngest was at the time could blow out the candles on the cake and then we would eat cake. Just as a way of just like centering, like this is not this holiday. Like you're going to get gifts tomorrow, but it's not about you. It's not like you need to be rooted and remember why. Like that is the thing. I it is. I have toyed around with and up until this year, um, I haven't been able to. But I've toyed around the idea of possibly bringing that back on like an adult level with some friends um, for the holidays because it's just it's so fun. 
Like it's it's just a way to get together to celebrate family and just to really remember like it's not about us. Like there's something greater than us. And then just to kind of like be sober in that moment. But anyway, so I didn't always grow like we would see them on Thanksgiving and Christmas. We would alternate. Um, thankfully, my mom's mom and my dad's mom, they were best friends. And so being able to split time between the two of their homes, they both lived in Philly, like during the holidays wasn't a hard thing that I experienced as a child. It could have been a little challenging to navigate until they became really good friends. But I mean, they would hang out when there were no kids, grandkids around. And when my parents were back in Harrisburg, like they would just be like, oh yeah, we went out to dinner. We went to this, we did that. Like they just were always Mm -hmm. hanging out together um, and spending time together. But an an aunt approached me at this, this cookout and she was just like, Bernie, we just, we need to talk about the fact that like, you're not married. And I looked at her and I said, um, (laughs) no, thank you. Please don't. Like this is not a conversation we need to engage in. I would really prefer if we didn't talk about this. Um, and it was just like that kind of respect for like, please let's not engage in this conversation. So then I decided to remove myself from that portion of the cookout, went to another area, was hanging out with some of the people. And then she followed me and she was like, you need to understand that like your time is running out. Like if you don't have kids soon, you'll never be able to have kids. And I looked at her and I said, okay, second time now, please stop talking. This is not a topic that I want to have a conversation with you about. This is not something that I want to discuss. Please drop it. Got up, removed myself from that scene and went into another area. She comes up to me and she was like, no man is going to want to marry you if you get, like, if you continue to be single for so long, you're going to like be used up and no good. First of all, I don't know who's using what and anything that's used up right? Like that's not my life. Ain't nothing about my life used up. I don't know what you're talking about. So it got to the point where I was like, okay, um, I don't know what is happening with this conversation. I don't know what about my words are not clear. So let me go get my mom. So I went and got my mom. I said, mom, you don't go over there and tell that lady (laughs) to stop talking to me. It's going to be a problem. Like I, I need you to tell her adult Brittany is different than child Brittany. I will not bite my tongue if she says something to me again. So please please, I beg of you, please intercede on her behalf and let her know that her feelings are at at stake here. Please do that. (laughs) And my mom said, well, what is she saying? So I told her what she was saying. She was like, okay, yes, I'm going, I will go talk to her. So she went, Fran went and she talked to her and she, and she said, okay, so then, you know, half hour, I was safe for a half hour and things were calm for half an hour. I was like, fine, I can finally have a good time again. So I was, she found me again. And I was like, this lady wants to be verbally assassinated at this point. So I'm going to give the people what they want for it because that's what she's asking. And she said, your mom came and told me to stop talking to you about this topic. And she said that you would ask her not to. She was like, what's the worst that you could say to me? The, we, you, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. You really sought me out to ask me what's the worst that I could say to you after I asked my mom to come tell you to stop talking to me. Because as an adult, I said, mom, we don't want her feelings hurt. That's what you, and she was like, you can't say nothing to me. I'm an adult. I can say whatever I want to say to you. And I said, oh, game on. Let's play. And so we did. And then after that, oh my dad, I said some things to her. Um, actually, I asked her one question. There was one question that I asked her um, that she did not appreciate, which if I was her, I wouldn't appreciate it either. But I asked her one question and then she, she turned around and she walked away. And my dad came to me at this point and he didn't know like any of the things that was happening. He was like, why did you make your aunt cry? I didn't make anybody cry. I do not control people's tear ducts, nor do their emotions. I'm sitting here trying to eat my hamburger. See, my family ain't like that. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he was like, you need to go apologize to her. And I said, listen, right, you can stand there while I apologize. So he said, okay. So of course he had to 
there are times I will not, I will not try to argue that I need to be monitored when it comes to certain things being said. Like we have said, I should not travel alone. During COVID, I got stuck in an, my wrist got stuck in an air vent because my bracelet got stuck. I ended up having to sleep on my floor for like five hours. I shouldn't live alone in some environments. There are just certain conversations that need an additional set of ears in my personal life because I can just be a little reckless, right? So my dad's standing there. I walk up to her and I said, I, my dad told me I need to apologize. And like, he's standing there and I was like, so on behalf of Ron, I'm apologizing for you right to you right now. And she was like, good, you deserve, you owe me an apology. And I said, I am sorry that you could not understand the words that were coming out of my mouth that were very clear, asking you to stop pestering me about a topic that I did not want to talk about. And as a result, you got your feelings hurt. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And my dad was like, I thought, I don't know why you, I don't know what you thought I was going to say. I'm sorry for what I said to you that hurt your feelings. No, she was mean and she was rude. That was the last event. That was the last event. See, but I feel like that's like, that's also a thing. I think like old school families with no boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like clearly, clearly some people will follow that lead and other people are like, nah, we're family. That means we have no boundaries. Nope. You can be open and honest and and you're going to be. Like, you don't have a choice. Like, I mean, I'm at this point now. Oh, God, I hope my family don't listen to these. I hope y'all <laughs> listening, people. Listen up to what she's about to say. <laughs> I my My sister and I, for years, growing up, like, we couldn't have the same friends. We would steal each other's friends. She's 18 months older than me. She was one grade ahead of me in school. Like, I was in advanced classes, so we were in the same math and science classes, like, at the same time. Like, we just, we never, like, she would play basketball and volleyball. I never played basketball and volleyball until after she stopped. Oh, wow. Like, okay, would not play on the same team. We actually just had that conversation, like, a week ago. Um, you and her? Because, you know... Yeah, because as an adult now, I'm playing rec volleyball. I, you're part of the volleyball league that never ends. You have and, sold your soul to volleyball at this point. <laughs> Every Sunday and Monday, man. For like six months um, now, it's been going. I keep saying, oh, you want to come You want to come to Hershey? We can hang so out. Like, I got volleyball. Gosh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Shut up. We were talking about it, and, and she was like, I don't know you liked volleyball. And I was like, I mean, we grew up playing volleyball, like, we had church, like we would play as church games, and like whenever we had church events, I was always playing volleyball. Like, we had a lot of people in our lives who played sports, and volleyball was one of those sports. So she's like, I didn't know that. And I was like, Yeah, I just never played in school because you played, and I wasn't going to play on the same team as you. Like, because the way that our school was growing up was like, they like you were playing together mm -hmm. it wasn't like every grade separate in middle school and so I knew like okay in high school she could be varsity and I could be JV but they still practice together yeah. and stuff and the varsity dude would like steal JV players so I never played the sports that she played because of that the same way like if she was playing an instrument I would not play that instrument okay like I would pick up something different so she played clarinet, I did trumpet. Like, she did volleyball, I did soccer. It was always different. So we just recently, and she's like, I never knew that. And I was like, do you not remember? Like, we cannot get along. Like, as adults, we are getting better at this. 
throughout college, it was like the only time we could stand being together for like even 30 days was like if we were going to a conference that we were both going to work at. Okay. So like we would go to like the teen girl conference in June and she would lead worship and I would do all the media stuff. And we would get along great for those three days because our focus was not on each other. Our focus was like, all right, you're doing, you're like, you know, setting, I'm going to help you set up the sound system. We're going to do a sound check. Like our, our focus was not in any way, shape or form, like on each other. Our focus was like, all right, we got stuff to do. This is about Jesus. Like, yeah, like you could each, so you could each be great. You could each be great in your respective thing, doing the same thing, like serving God. working together. Yeah. Like, and we can work together doing that. But like for her, like coming to my house now is even like, whew, like we know by like day three or four, I think last time she was here, she was here for four days um, and she was here with her three boys um and it was like she she's like oh maybe we could do five days next time we haven't killed each other yet but i will say that i have the last few years you know this like a few years ago i was like screw family Mm -hmm. like i'm done with them um this just it's not worth it for me like and i think that as I'm, I've learned my my limits. Are they? Would I say? Call yeah, them limits? they are limits. Yeah, the shelf life. As, as I learn my limits, and I'm learning to communicate better, and I'm learning to put up boundaries better. Um, I do desire to have a relationship with my family to where when I do have my own family, I don't want like I want to be able. To, to have them as well. Yeah. If that makes no, sense. No, that does make sense. You know? That does make sense. So it, it's been... If, if you guys could hear conversations Brittany and I have when we're not recording for the podcast, there's a lot of times where she's like, yeah, that's trash, Stephanie. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and and there, are, there are times I do put myself in bad situations <laughs> where oh, I know geez. it's not going to end oh, well. jeez. But it's just, I think just as we grow older, our mindset changes. I think it, I think that's great. I agree. Words. I want to be there for, for my niece and my nephews, but I also want to know that when I have kids that like my sister and my brother and their spouses will want to be there for my kids. No. And I, cause I don't want, I think that's good. I don't want my kids. I don't want my kids to grow up the same way I did. So, like, I was the youngest grandkid. My closest cousin in age is, like, 10, 12 years older than me. Whoa. So, like, so I never, like, people say your cousins are your first best friends. No. And, no. like, or the, your first friends. Like, the, no, that's a thing. The, inter- that is the a th- internet says that. No, a lot of people say that. It's only not... Like, because a lot of families do stay close to each other. So if you're in the same city as your cousins, you're probably doing a lot of life together. Which is why, like, a lot of people say, like, 
community is like a should be like family. Church should be like a family. It's because the the mindset is that your family should be the people you spend the most time with. I'm thinking Whereas through in like our world today. Yeah. Our world today with like people moving and in and out is no we no longer have that family. I'm thinking through just like relationships that I know of like that I have with people in their relationships with with like their cousins and things. And I've never I'm not going to say I've never seen that. Maybe it's just like the area I grew up in. It is in. sporadic. Like, well no, I'm not I'm not going to say it's, I'm like thinking through and I'm like it is sporadic. Like it does exist, but it is sporadic. But I've never, I've always just thought, because it's not a prevalent thing that I've seen, I've always just thought that it, that was just like the internet saying that, because I'd be like, what? I know, I did idolize my, one of my older cousins, but the age different, the age gap that you saw, I don't know why I said wow when you said the age gap between you and your cousins. I don't know why. I was like, wow, that's a huge age gap. Because when I thought about it, a similar age gap exists between my siblings and all of our older cousins or our younger cousins. Like it's either 10 yeah. to 12 years older or 10 to 12 years younger. Um, and in some cases, even greater. I have, My cousin's kids have kids now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, to me, that's crazy to think about. Like, my cousin's kids are closer to my age than my cousins are. And, that, and that's, that's And that's crazy. how big the age, that's how yeah. big the age gap is. And I'll, I mean, part of that is, like, on my dad's side of the family, there were four kids my dad was the youngest, so already there's, like, that age gap. And then on top of that, my dad dated my mom for, like, six years okay. before they got married. They had to make sure they was and doing the right just, thing. Nah. My mom was just like, yo, what are we doing? Am I wasting my time here? Or, like, and he said, oh, you want to get married? Okay, let's go get no, married. No, yes. After six years? That's, um, okay. I was trying to give them out and be like, no, they said it was. Nah, and then there was like another six years before they. Okay, they Steph, started stop! You're making this sound really bad. So, stop. Look, <laughs> you're making that sound so. Bad. Somehow, my parents were the one couple that they both went to a Christian college mm-hmm. that no longer exists now, mm-hmm. but they met at a Christian college type of thing. And they're that one couple that got married and did not start popping kids out right I be- That's beautiful. Like, they just dated forever. But that's beautiful. I appreciate people who take the time to get to know themselves in a relationship, in their family dynamics before. When I used to... <laughs> I can't with you. I do. I, because you, you make this huge change if you're going to get married, and then all of a sudden you start having kids. Now, I, I, don't, I don't have children. We know this. Um, I do like children. The thing I love about children currently right now is that I can return them at the end of the day, right? Like my, all of my friends have kids. I love hanging out with their kids and I will hang out with their kids. At the end of the day, Brittany comes back to her house where it is quiet and I can do what I want to do and I can eat what I want to eat. Right. But I think people need to remember that experience, like have that experience of solitude so that when their house is full with kids and energy and activity and constantly serving other people, they they feel content doing it. Instead of just, I went from being by myself to now I'm married and I have to adjust to married life because that's an adjustment. And then I'm going to have children and now I have to adjust to a, a, the life of being a parent. And then you're a parent forever, um, but hopefully they only live with you for 18 years and then on breaks when they come home from college, <laughs> right? 
And then, then you get to decide oh, what that relationship boy. looks like. I, when I, and you know this, I said this to my parents and my mom, she got mad. She was like, stop saying that. But they moved into my house and stayed with me for about two and a half months or about two, two and a half months when I had my transplant. Yeah. And I said to her when she was like, we'll just come stay at your house. Cause we started having conversation about, you know, Oof. who's going to come stay with me. Am I, I going to stay? That and I used, I used to say to her all the time, I did an 18 year bid with you guys. I don't need y'all come stay in my house. I don't know if we're going to make it. We don't need to go back. And she used to always say, why do you make it seem like 18 years was a prison sentence? It was 18 years. There was nowhere else I could go for 18 years. What do you call that? Now, it was great. I had a great childhood. I don't have any, I don't have any concerns about my childhood. I had to pause because I was like, am I saying the, a truthful <laughs> statement? I could tell. I was like, am I saying, am face. I being truthful? I'm being tr- I don't have anything in my childhood where I was like, I can't believe my parents did that. They were parents. I wasn't supposed to love them every mm. single time. I was supposed to be mad at what they did. They, that means they did their job correctly and they were parents and they had that, that established boundary and relationship. But I, I'm glad that your parents did wait some time before they had kids. I'm sorry it impacted you being able to have your first best friend. But guess no. what? You still so. had a first best friend regardless of if you had, it was your cousin or not. No, I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm just saying that like a lot of people have that experience and I did not because... Most of my cousins were already, like, almost teenagers, basically. Most of my cousins were teenagers when I was born. I did not have that experience either. I idolized one of my older cousins until she said something incredibly hurtful to me. And now she better not breathe in my direction. But Jesus are you, are you good? Jesus is still working on my heart. And so we're still working on that. I can be civil to her, but mm-mm. No, but I would love for my my kids to know their cousins like that. And I say that being a 30-year-old single lady and my oldest is, my niece is 12. So, like, we're already starting to get up there. I need to have kids, y'all. Um, Except, <laughs> I mean, do that. You can do that. Except what no, happens so if this, and I think family- this is the reality, though, that people don't always think about. What happens? Okay, you have, in your mind, you have this. What happens if you have a child and then your your niece meets your child and she was like, I hate this person. That's not going to happen. I don't care. I mean, no, I know your niece. That's not going to happen, right? Like for her. But I'm just saying just in general, like that is a huge gamble. You can say, oh my gosh, I really want you to be, have a great relationship with this person. You're just like, this is not a good person for me. Y'all want that? Do y'all even know me? But no, that's the thing is, you know... Like, you're going to know if someone's good for them or not. But that's here's like, the thing, though. But with family... I, like, it's just a... With family, no. You remove... No, let me... No. You remove stop. it. Go ahead. <laughs> no. I'm saying that when it but comes anyway, to I'm just family <laughs> and kids, I'm just going to freaking ignore you and keep talking at this <laughs> you point. Should. Go ahead. Ah. I'm just being obnoxious. Go ahead. You are. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I'm not saying that I want them to have a relationship where they're the best friends and they're I'm just saying that I want them to know each other and enjoy spending time with them. Now I say that because I know that I'm not going to raise my kid to be a jerk. At the end of the day, you're saying that like, yeah, what if they just they're not good for each other? My kid's not going to not be good for my my niece and my nephews, because my kid's not going to be a jerk. They will. I will smack the hell out of that kid. 
They will not be a jerk. One of my cousins was raised by the nicest men I have ever encountered in my entire life. My uncle, he, he. That's the problem. He was. He's too nice. He didn't. No. He clearly did not. He, no. He was the salt of the earth. <laughs> he held, he was, he had a high level of accountability and he raised her well. Let me tell you, that girl has said more meaningful things to me than I could say to myself. Then he did not raise her that well. And I let her know that. She. <laughs> I know you have. I just, I think, like, for me, I mean, family is always going to be the people that hurt you the most because they probably know the most. They know where your pain points are. Like, you know, you're, whatever it is that you're self-conscious about, I'm pretty sure it's because your siblings made fun of you for it as a kid. Dude, I don't like pranks. That's how I feel. Like... Yo, my family made fun of me for having a gap in my two front teeth <gasps> oh, no. my entire childhood. Oh. Now tell me as a 30-year-old woman, when a man looks at me and goes, I love that you have a gap in your two front teeth, that is so cute to me. I am like, burn him down. He cannot. He's not the one. He that can never be the one. That does not make sense to me at all. <laughs> now, I will say this yeah, one. I even got braces to fix the gap. And it's still there. I am the clumsiest person in the world. Um, hence, day three of COVID, I got my bracelet, my charm bracelet stuck in an air vent because I dropped my phone and got stuck in the vent. Right? Like, I'm just clumsy. I used to, sp- I had no depth perception growing up. I don't even know that it's that great. You still don't it's not, have I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's not that great now. I just learned how to stop spilling drinks over. I used to, every time we would have a meal, I would spill a drink on the table. Every, I don't know how. I just, I would like, Yo, I thought my arm, me too. I thought my arm went over, I, under, around. It always got <laughs> spilled to the point where my family used to call me like timber woman. They'd be like, she's timber woman. Was, every time she I does the queen falls of over. It was like, it was, I used to hate that. So now like. People would not sit next to me. Uh, they wouldn't sit on the left side of me because they knew I always spilled on the left side. It got to the point where I would just sit down and spill stuff and I would just start crying and just grab a paper towel. <laughs> One day I'll learn how to not spill it. Like it was, it was just a thing. So this is why we're friends. Our childhoods were the same. Let me tell you, there are times where I don't drink in public unless I know that I can handle the weight of whatever it is. I size that cup up, that can up or whatever, like... Can I grab that without spilling it? I don't think I can. I just sit there. People are like, are you thirsty? Oh, no, thank you. I'm fine. Whole time, my throat and my mouth is drying up like the Sahara Desert. I'm just like, I hope I have a straw somewhere. Like, it's the reality. Family can do that. They shouldn't, though. I feel like family, they know your pain points. They know your failings. They know your heartbreaks. They should be the ones to say, I'm going to use what I know on how to love people and heal that. By loving you. Nah. But they don't. See, I feel like I feel like it made me stronger as a person. Lies, though. but okay. I'm sorry. It did. How? Like, if your first bully is your siblings, but they also have your back when someone else tries to bully you, I think that teaches you to be stronger. I think that that teaches us a false sense of security that... Everybody that bullies me will, could potentially turn out to have my back and be my defender at some point if somebody, if a bigger or worse bully comes around and that's not accurate. But maybe that's like, I am a banter kind of person. I love me good banter. You know this. You do. And I feel like that's because my childhood was full of like, we make fun of the people that we love. So like, 
I have ruined a lot of friendships because of my my family. (laughs) Because there's just, I say things because in my brain, I love you. So I'm going to show you that I love you by making fun of you. You agree with that because you've seen me do it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I agree that that is true for you. (laughs) I'm not going to dispute that. Yes, I'm not. I agree that that's true for you. I was going to say, I think that we give... It's a New York thing. I think that we create, as a society, I think that we create the insecurities of other people by saying that the things that they experience at the hands of other people, in terms of words, in terms of jokes, in terms of a lot of those things, that that's just a sign of infection, when in most cases it's not. Now, in your situation, yes. In my situation, anybody can come to my family, family event for anything at my parents' house. My immediate family. My, they can come to my family event for anything. They, my parents have an open door policy. They will feed you. You will laugh. They do. They will. You will joke. I will. You will I cry do. from <laughs> laughing so hard. Yeah. You might cry because Fran and Ron just speak directly to your soul and what your soul needs to hear. And you will leave saying, I think I found my family. Now, I will share my family. Those are my people. Okay, so if I'm ever at my parents' house, even though I don't live there, and I'm like, I don't think this person should be here, I will kick you out of my parents' house. I will say, in fact, this is my house, and you have to go. Um, that that is, I've never witnessed. That. It's happened a couple of times. That's why I don't have a house key anymore. I my parents it. took my house key, and that's okay. It's appropriate. They should have. I believe it. <laughs> but like, it, it's it right? Like, it's a it's a thing. But if that's everybody should have that experience where like they can bring anybody home. Now, I'm not bringing. To my extended family? No. Yeah. Nah. Ron and Fran, though, no. I get Ron and Fran, Ron absolutely. And they they will love on, they will love on. And I shouldn't say anybody as in meaning like that people don't need to have love because everybody deserves to have love and to have that family atmosphere. But they will, and they will call stuff out. They will say, like, oh no, sweetie, they, your family shouldn't treat you like, or people shouldn't do that. And they'll say it in a way of like, I'm not saying. Your parents are bad people or wrong, <laughs> but sweetheart, no, you deserve to be loved differently than that. Like they say that, like they do that all the time. And so I think oftentimes though, we say like people treating you like that, your family can talk to you about whatever, whichever way they want to, or they can say the things that they want to say to you, or they can ask you the highly inappropriate questions that they want to ask you. People say that. I don't think people ever say they that. They do. Oh yes, just they a do. Thing in your brain. I think that's just like a... I don't know. I, I have witnessed people say, someone's sharing, like, my family said this to me. And they're just like, it's your family. Get over it. What? No, time out. Well, hold on. Hold on. No. Here, never. I've here, never heard Here's that. the defender in me rising up. No, 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 no. Time out. We are not going to tell somebody that they need to subject themselves to that type of environment and that type of thing because it's family. I don't okay. give a rip who so- it is. Okay, so say your family, for the people who are listening, say they have a a family struggle of that that type of disrespect. What advice do you give them? That's not just like burn them, (laughs) cut them off, because I know you like to burn bridges and make sure that like you blow up the hole even more so that there's no way we can rebuild a bridge. But besides burning that bridge, what is your advice? Okay, first of all, I just want to defend myself a second and just say, I don't always say, watch it burn. But most of the time, but some of the time, I think it, you have to examine yourself. So I would, I would say, 
you have to examine you and decide what is it about that situation that's causing you to be so upset and frustrated. And once you figure out what that is, is it something that can be repaired with a conversation and that person just doesn't know that this joke that they've been saying for 25 years that you awkwardly laugh at every time that they say it, that when you go home, you cry about it and you say, I don't know why they keep hurting my feelings this way. Do they just not know? That it's a thing. And so if they don't know, if you say to yourself, they don't know that this joke is not funny to me because I've never expressed it, then tell them. And then give them some time to work through it because you've been allowing them to say the joke for 25 years, right? It's not going to be all of a sudden they send out a mass text messages. Don't say this joke. It's off the joke list, right? In the group family group chat. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. But And then kind of give them some time to work through it. And then if it changes, then great. It changes. If it doesn't change and they look at you and say something along the lines of get over it, suck it up, deal with it. That's just how we love. But that's not love to you. You have to evaluate if that's your space to be in, regardless of of blood, regardless of closeness, regardless of that's family. If it is hurting you and causing you pain and you have asked for it to change and they're not willing to change it, then that might not be the space for you. Look at you giving solid advice that's not just burn it down. No, but also if you need somebody to co-sign, you burn something down, just call me, y'all. Yeah. Burn it! Brady will, co- Brady will co-sign you burning anything down. Th- this is the only reason why. Not anything, but most things. Most things I endorse, it has to go. There's like there's like two things you would be like, yeah, let's not burn Let's Let's not do it. Hold on. Let's, let's go to therapy first. Let's figure that out before we do that. But everything else? Gotta go. It, it's a. I, I believe this is one of the reasons why I feel that way. If it matters to you as a person and you are strong in your convictions and you can articulate the why it wounds you and you communicate that to other people and they don't want to listen, that's not a space for you. That's not a space for you. People can only, only have the capability and the capacity to love you to the extent that they can love themselves. And so if they think that they're only capable of so much and they allow those types of things to occur in their life and relationships that they have established, then they're going to think that that's the capacity that everybody should be able to also hold. And they expect people to hold the same thing. I know my worth. That's not true. That's not true. I'm working on knowing my worth. We're struggling a little bit. But where I do know my worth, I do know my worth when it comes to relationships. and. I I just know I'm there are things expectations that I have ways that I respect myself that I will not allow someone to disrespect me and I will respect other people in the same way and I'm gonna be loyal to myself before I'm loyal to other people and not in a destructive way but this space does not serve me I don't care who you are that is it doesn't if it doesn't serve me very much and it's causing me harm I will not put myself in that space it is okay to be selfish in those situations Mm -hmm. like people may say oh that's selfish what if they need you okay they don't need me like that they can need me with boundaries by not saying those things and also like there's no there there are very 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 go to therapy rarely Go. They could go to therapy and then they can have a conversation yes. with you. <laughs> and it's very rare that you are the only person that will ever be able to help somebody with that issue. You're the one they want to go to the quickest because they know you're going to jump in and be Johnny on the spot and help fix it. 
great. I'm glad you have that reputation and want to help people and meet a need. Doesn't mean that you're the only person that can do it. You're just the only person that has done it. They can find somebody else. But also, if you are a spiritual person or a Christian follower, it's not really your job to help them. That's Jesus is doing it. Like, that's all God. Amen. God can decide if he wants to use you or not. Amen. When was the last time that somebody called with a problem and you said, Jesus, am I supposed to fix this? Are you sub- are you going to use me to fix this? Or you just want me to, like, pray for them and, and send them on their way? Because I think a lot of times there is that savior complex of they're coming to me with their issues. I'm the fixer of things. I'm fixing stuff. Look how great I am because I know how to get this done. But, like, bro, you ain't nothing. Listen. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But, like, we ain't out here for for savior complexes. No. No. And that's, like, I think that's a big thing in the Christian church that, like, it's that whole, like, do more. Like, we're serving God. Do more. Be available. Like, no. Sometimes it's not you. Sometimes God don't want to use you. It's just the person's used to going to you instead of going to God. So true. So instead of fixing it, hey, y'all, go talk to Jesus about it. Do more by praying. Do more by loving. Mm -hmm. Do more by listening. Don't do more doesn't mean that you run in and just, hey, I'm here to fix it. I'm Bob the Builder. We're going to fix all the things. No, 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 no. Jesus can fix it. Don't step out of your lane and step into something you're not supposed to be because then you get caught up in a cycle and in relationship dynamics that is just ridiculous. Boundaries. I support him. So, yes. Let, to finish out the episode, because we, we need to end it, we've been talking for a while. AKA, Steph's hungry, but that's fine. I'm on my business. Um, also, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm extra punchy today, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm just- <laughs> Best friends don't bully. Best friends Hold don't on, bully. Hold on, Best friends don't bully. I need to say- <laughs> Best friends don't bully. Best friends don't bully. I need to say this really quick. I just need this to go on the record. I just need everybody, other people to hear this as well. So, you know, I had COVID. And let me tell you, COVID hit your girl and your girl was looking rough, right? She was looking rough for several days. It was rough. I had, it was okay, rough. first of all, I didn't, I, didn't need you to, I didn't need you to co-sign this right there, okay? See, this is this is what I'm going to talk about, okay? Go ahead. Go I ahead. Have, continue. I have two people in my life. Technically three, but I don't talk to the third person as much as these two. Okay. <laughs> I have two people in my life. I know where you're going with that this. will always, without ask, without request, without pondering, and without hesitation without a, on their part. It is out of love. To, okay? to call me out and say, You look like garbage. You good? Steph is one of them, and Chris is the other person. That is a lie. I have never said you look like garbage. No, what you, but I'm about to tell the story, okay? Both of those two people, <laughs> we, they will not hesitate. Now, Steph is a little gentler on it because she'll wait until I get myself together, like if I do my hair, and she'll be like, man, I'm so glad you did your hair because what I was looking at and these Marco Polos and these FaceTime chats, yo, I was like, I cannot continue to look at what is happening on the other side of this screen, right? She's a little more gentle. Chris is not gentle. I will Marco Polo Chris something. It could be a rough day. I could have not, like when my hair was curly because it's straight now, I could have just not, like my hair just could have needed to be a retouch or refresh. Or I could have just rolled out of bed and just said, I'm a Marco Polo him this story. Yeah, that's normally what happens. Okay. And Chris, 
And Chris will, I will say like, Hey, like let's have this conversation. He is my person to talk about anything like deep and a lot. We just, we have a lot of debates and we argue about a lot of stuff. And so he will come back and he won't even acknowledge anything that I said. His response will be like, you look like trash. What are you doing? Are you okay? Tell me you haven't left your house. Tell me you haven't Marco Poloed anybody else but me. Oh my gosh. And then I'll just text him and be like, hey, I have feelings. Um, they're a little hurt right now. When I get my life together, I'll Marco you back. Good, you need to. Oh my God. I just woke up. Like I can't just wake up and be like, oh, I need oh, to yeah. do this. So when I had COVID, I did, it was rough, right? Like it was rough. The fatigue was out. Like I've never experienced fatigue like that in my entire life. And I love a good nap. Okay, but this happens when you don't have COVID. Steph, but you don't always say anything. Well, because sometimes I just don't do my hair. I can't just not have a good hair day. I mean, geez, cut, cut a girl a break. Steph said to me, I was in my bed and I said, I showered and did my hair and it took all my energy. And Steph's response was, I'm so glad you showered. And I'm so glad you did your hair. And I was like, why was wrong with my hair? She was like, Brittany, I almost... I was couldn't watch Marco Polo's anymore because your hair looks so bad. She said, in fact, this is the kicker. This is what got me. She said, in fact, I remember which Marco Polo and which day it was too. Because I remember looking at it going, mm-hmm. she got it bad. What in the world? I was like, geez. Yep. I, was, I, I named her hairstyle too. I was like, man. Now, you ain't going to tell them that part? No, because I don't remember. The, the, that I named your hair. I said, ooh, we Einstein oh. today, huh? <laughs> it was bad. We're, we're rocking Einstein. All right, got it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I It was rough. It, I looked bad. I looked horrible. It was rough. So I will not dispute it. And every time Steph or Chris have called me out saying I have looked bad, I acknowledge that I have looked bad. I will not. There has not been a time where they have said it. And I've thought to myself, actually, I look really good today. It's always been like. Yeah, I know. I look rough today. I got to pull myself together. Let me pull myself together so I can at least carry on conversations with two people that I really want to talk to today, but will not talk to me until I get myself together. Like, I will talk to you when you look like that. <laughs> the struggle and the hesitation in your voice. <laughs> How do I, expo- I don't need to explain it. I could just say like that. Listen, it- I, will, I will have the conversations with you. You just know... I'm going to get distracted by the Einstein hair. She, I was like, like, Steph, I need you to pay. T- why are you not paying attention to what I'm talking about? I just watched the documentary for the fifth time in a row. Listen to the details. And she's like, yeah, I can't. I'm going to call you later. I'll text you. It's, it's between the hair and the like, all right, this is the fourth time you FaceTime me this morning <laughs> and you hang up within 90 seconds of me answering the phone. Like, can we not just keep a list of all the things and then like talk to me for a full 10 minutes? That's too much effort. Dude, that's too much work. Like, and you know my brain does not work that way. Your girl's over here like drinking a gallon of water a day, which means I go to pee all the freaking time. I, I, I ain't got time for this like... Oh, let me just, the amount of times I get interrupted to go pee and then get interrupted because Brittany wants to tell me one thing that takes a whole 30 seconds. I will. Yo, the last three weeks of her with COVID and not being able to leave her house and communicate with people. I will say this much though. I did go to work yesterday in person and I ain't talked to Steph all day long. I sent her one text message and I was at work because it was utter chaos. 
And so we're back. Yeah. We're back to, in a couple of weeks, she'll be sending me a text message or we'll be recording an episode and she's going to say, wow, this is the first time I've talked to Brittany in two weeks because she went back to work and she just, you know, whatever. Because this is our life. And I'll, embr- I'll embrace it and I'll be like, okay, do whatever. But I just, I just needed to say that Steph is not always as nice and as kind as she sounds on this, these podcast episodes. She can be a little ruthless. Oh, God. But I appreciate it and I need it because I, I do need people. It's very rare that people will call me on my ish. Um, and I need them to do it. The other person is Ann. I love Ann. He just, he always, he calls me out on my stuff. He calls me out on more spiritual stuff. I thought that was going to go a different direction. I don't know what direction you thought it was going to go in, but okay. I thought it was going to be something positive. It is positive. Both of those, all those things are positive. But, but then you were just like, but she called me out on her stuff. (laughs) On my stuff. But here's the thing though. I thought it was gonna be like a positive, like she really is great. Oh, she is great. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, she's about to say something as we're recording about how great of a friend I am. I will say this. No, oh, you know, hold on. but like she should be calling me out on my stuff. <laughs> you know who else does that? Oh, thank, thanks, Brittany. Feeling the love. This, this, I know that words mean nothing to me, but sometimes words do mean this, something. This, this me. upcoming this upcoming compliment to Steph is endorsed by Steph bullying me into complimenting her. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it anymore. It's too late. That's like that meme I sent you on Instagram <laughs> about oh compliments. No, but here, here I will say this much though. Yeah. Hold on. Time out. Wait. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. We you can't sit there and say that. I definitely mailed you a card last week. I just thought about you that. Did. You said that and I'm thinking through when was the last time I actually did appreciate, like tell her that I appreciate her work. It was the car. And I was like, has yeah. and I couldn't remember for a second. No. I was like, man, it has been a while. I need to fix it. Listen, y'all, everybody needs to get them a friend it's- who sends them things in the Random mail cards. to remind them of their worth. Yes. And I'm not saying that because I sent Steph a card, but that's something that I realized during COVID of just like. People just need to be reminded. But I feel like I was the one who gave you a card first. The blank one? It was an empty card. The blank one? It was a, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. But, like, it was the thought behind it. The, the, there were words on the front. I'm be honest with you. That's all I had to say. I'm sitting in my home office right now, and that card may be on my wall, even though it's blank. In high tide or low tide, I'll be by your side. I think it says something. It does. Like say that. I think that's the exact word. And I said, oh, this is cool. And I opened it. No words on the inside. No words on the inside. And I was like, well, it's the sentiment that counts. And so she at least purchased, purchased the, the initial Look, words. I am, I am the worst with cards. So I was going to a bridal shower, what, maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. at this point? Yeah. Opened my glove box to grab a pen because I am that person who buys a card on the way to the event. Appropriate. And writes in the card in my while I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot. Um, open my glove box to grab a pen, only to find a card for Aaron and Hunter's wedding. Oh, that you bought. That was in July. I was going to say that you got for them that that was back almost six months yeah, ago. Yeah, and I okay. actually sealed. I actually sealed the card. She sealed it. Oh god. So. So I don't even know what I wrote in that card. And I would love to know what I wrote in the card. Did you give it to them? Um, not yet. I haven't seen them since. <laughs> well. 
she found, found it. it. Is she still hanging so on like, to it? Honestly, I'm proud. The next time I see them will probably be at the wedding that I'm going to next week. Okay. And so then I'm going to have to remember to bring two cards. Yes, in. I'll remind you. Because I'm going to have to give them. We'll, we'll see. But, you know, I did text her and say, hey, I just found this in my car. I am so sorry that I am that horrible friend that shows up to your wedding and did not give you a card. Nothing. It was just sitting in my glove box for the last three months. I will say that one of the things that I left COVID with thinking, I had a lot of breakthroughs in COVID, um, which I shared with my therapist today, and she yelled at me. Once again, okay. Of well, this, we really need to. Hold on, no, but this there's one thought. She had this. She so yelled at me, and she said, "This is the." She said, "This is the closing." Yeah, thought. she said, "You just now got here," and I was like, "Once again, I need people to stop saying that I just now get here. I get where I get when I get there, but people need That's to appreciate and take the opportunity to express their appreciation to people when when they think of them. It doesn't always have to be like on birthdays or on holidays or like mandated." by the calendar events, but just sending people things in the mail. And that's what I left COVID thinking. Like, I just need to appreciate and love on my people better and more. So I mailed her, I mailed her compliment. You've been very intentional about that with all your stickers and your cards. I try, I'm trying. And keychains and all the new things. I'm just trying to let people know I appreciate them when I can, you know, it's important. Anyway, we gonna hop off here. I don't have anything else to say. Steph is telling me I can't say anything else, even if I did have other things to say. And that's okay. Uh, I apologize. I, I'm not really sure that we really like got to our point of this I don't episode, think that we did either. But it's all good. But, like, welcome to the life of us. Unpredictable. <laughs> We're going to talk about family. But in the hour and 10 minutes that you've been listening, you've probably only heard like 25 minutes worth of family talk. It's all good, though. It's all good. Love you people well. Love yourself well. Set up boundaries. Boundaries. Set up boundaries and have a great holiday season. Also, Ooh. if needed, Brittany will be available to help counsel you through your family troubles. And I can say that because we will probably be together. So it's not like we're going to be doing nothing. Oh, on Thanksgiving? Busy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, we're not doing nothing. We're going to sit here and just be eating stuffing. <laughs> Eating food, taking naps, doing all the things we always do together. Binge on the TV Maybe shows. Maybe go for an adventure. Maybe go to Ron and Fran's house. No, you never know. Hi, Bob Ron. Okay, no. We're, every time we go to Ron, I know without a doubt when I come to visit you, I'm going to be at Ron and Fran's house one day. And it's normally on the day that like I look like a I was going to say. is always the day that you want to go. Just for Ron and Fran never seen me in jeans. <laughs> Every time they see me, I got like an uh, an oversized baggy sweater that shows no shape of my body and leggings every time. They never mention it. They never say to me, hey, uh, Steph doesn't have clothes. Do we need to put that on her Christmas list for this year? Like they, ne- they never say that. You do always afterwards. And it's odd because they're never spontaneous visits. Like a couple of them have been. But most of them are never spontaneous no, visits. For me, they are. It's like, oh, we're going to stop by Ron and Fred's house. Yeah, you just randomly are like, oh, we're going to stop by Ron and Fred's. I'm like, oh, okay, now? <laughs> Listen, they've seen me looking rough as rough. Anything that's not looking as rough that's as I fine. look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Fred, Fred, right. Fred used to say all the time, and this is going to be my last thing. Fred used to say all the time, she say, this is it. as pretty and as nice as you look, you can get rough in like three seconds. Why do you choose that for yourself? <laughs> Shout out to Fred. Like, She's amazing. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to be all dressed up right now, but whatever. She'd be like, oh man, there's a medium. This a medium. My favorite is my favorite is when she's like, "Oh man, I don't know if we're ever gonna find you another husband. <laughs> uh, we gotta get you back out there. I need you to fix that." <laughs> and on that note, I'm hopeless, guys. I hope y'all have Hope y'all had fun today. Hope y'all had fun listening. Listen, speak kind words, think gentle thoughts, love your people, and love yourself well. We out of here. Peace. Bye.